All right, let's do the uh, clap test. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that clap. I thought you were about to finger me. No. I still got it. I'm good. I'm a platinum gay. Never done it. Me, me, me. Never touched a woman. Well, I'm going to rape you on camera. Okay. Well, this has gotten awkward. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to dirty your noodle. <laughs> Don't. Okay. All right. I've just never heard someone say dirty your noodle. I just came up with it in the moment. Okay. I want to soil your perfect gay noodle. All right. Well, that person, my friends and listeners, is uh, a very fabulous lady. She performs at The Stand. She has a wonderful, very popular podcast called Only Fee Hands. You've seen her in the New York Times. You've seen her on Comedy Central. You've seen her on TLC, amongst many other credits underneath her. Please welcome today's episode guest, Karen Fian. Thank you so much for having me, Oscar Aiden. What a thrill. I love it here. I love this seating that you have. I think it's very cool. I want to, like, copy it. I love you, Karen, because I never know when you're being sarcastic or actual. Um, That's a thing I hear a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that's said to me quite frequently. I think the problem is I am um, sarcastic. I'm, but when I'm really being sarcastic, I think it's like very cutting and like mean. Whereas I think people just assume I'm being mean all the time. So when I give genuine compliments, they're like, you're fucking with me. No, I don't think you're mean. No, okay, no, no, okay. no, no. I don't think there's. Thank there's, God. No, no, no. You're definitely I don't need not. any more gay hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> you def- already have the autistic community riled up oh yeah oh yeah you are uh yeah i love that joke though by the way which That's like one the autistic chef i know but that joke's about amy schumer it's not really about autistic people right exactly and the implication of the joke is that i want to marry someone with autism yeah so if you're getting offended by a person without autism wanting to marry someone with autism you're the ableist not me i mean it goes for everybody that gets offended on behalf of someone else right and you could argue that i'm fetishizing the autistic but that sounds fun <laughs> it is i will say one for of my, both parties i will say i, I ask I someone say, with autism if they want to get fetishized they'll be like oh yeah they will <laughs> Let me ask you, one of my favorite jokes from Karen, I'm not going to do it, but she does a bit where she talks about you her can do sister. It. You can do it. And she says, uh, <laughs> my sister, it's my sister recently got pregnant and it's a, no, what is it? Either it's, do it or don't. Oscar. I know, but I, cause I don't want to mess up the setup, but I know it. I know. The, I say my little sister's pregnant and usually the crowd goes, woo. And I go, Meh, I don't know. She was fat before. So it's sort of a lateral move. <laughs> I love every time. I tell you, every time I hear that joke, I am. I will cackle out loud for you <laughs> just because. It's the type of joke. And I think you, somebody asked me, are you ever, was it you? Or are you going to post that? Are you ever going to clip yeah, that, that out? Me. And while um, I have a very good relationship with my sister and she's a very intelligent woman who understands satire and humor, uh, the I'm not 
interested in hurting her feelings for likes and reposts. That doesn't mean I have any intention of like stopping doing the joke or I wouldn't include it in like a special or like a bigger like body of work if I put it out. Hmm. But That's actually an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Like, it's I not worth that. it. I have enough material that right. doesn't hurt my little sister's feelings. Right. Then I can just post that instead. I will say Karen's style of humor is just it's it's one that I watch and I'm always like, mm, I love that because it's kind of like a it's kind of like a sarcastic, dry humor. Yeah. Which I think, you know, bodes well because you get a lot of comics who come on stage and they're very loud and boisterous and yeah. you're not very loud or boisterous. You kind of just like I sit in the pocket with it. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Right. I like to let, and it's not that I don't have like, I make silly voices and faces and stuff. I do that. But I like the material to speak for itself. You're very comfortable, you know, like with who you are. So on stage, the material that you're delivering is coming from a place of knowing yourself. It's not so like presentational and theatrical. I find that a lot of times if people are doing so much, it's because they're not really connected with themselves. Yeah, I, you know, before when I first started comedy, I wasn't really that much of a, I didn't know kind of like the angle that I wanted to take. But now I'm just like, God, this is it. This is what, this is, what, this is it. This is what you get. Right. There's not, this is it. This is who I am. I like it. I sort of, yeah, like the aging queen. That's... <laughs> <laughs> The exhaust, the tired, I've had enough. I don't give a fuck anymore. You know, I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not trying to nab a bear or fucking trick a twink. I'm just here to be my fucking self. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has turned into the Karen Fian podcast. <laughs> Talk mean to me. I feel like you say these things to me too. No, I never said that to you. Oh, well, I'm a rapidly aging queen. <laughs> no, I wouldn't consider you rapidly <clears throat> aging. Well, that's nice. Um, uh, it's the really best a... water I've ever had. Oh God! I think Chelsea water is different. You think so? Yep. You, I don't know. Um. All right. So, Karen. I like to start, I've kind of revamped the podcast a little bit because I feel like I need to do it. Uh, we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, well, that's your fault. Um, but. Big blame the guest day. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. we're going to start yeah. with uh, two truths and a two lie. Two truths and a lie. Okay. So you will give me two truths and a lie. Okay. Yeah. I have an extended tailbone. Okay. I have shit in the ocean. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's two things I've said. And next. And now the third one. I was ranked uh, sixth in the country when I was in high school for dramatic interpretation. This competition. Uh... Ooh. Okay. I think the lot. Okay. So you. It, do, you three, re, do you want to revisit them? No, I got it. Okay. What, I got what, it. What I got were they it. again? Number one was, was you have an extended tailbone. Tail number two is mm -hmm. that you've taken a shit mm -hmm. in the ocean. the ocean. And then number three is that you were ranked sixth, sixth in, in the, the country. country when you were a kid for dramatic interpretation. Dramatic interpretation. In high school. In high school. Senior high okay. School. Sorry. Senior high school. Uh, I'm going to say, 
<laughs> I'm going to say the shit in the ocean is the lie. Oh, no. I've shit in the ocean. <laughs> Hold on. What are you guys? What's, what are we doing? I shit in my hand and then I threw it because it was a really hard turd. Because the rule was if you had to pee, you pee in the ocean. You stay at the beach. The beach day continues. But if you had to take a dump, everybody's packing it in. You've ruined the beach day. and We're all going home so you can poop in a proper toilet. Not me. I'm not a beach day ruiner. I'm a team player. So, yep, poop in the ocean. So that's the truth. So you have another guess, probably. Uh, one more guess. <sighs> okay. I don't know. I don't know. Is that the rules? Or did you just flat out lose? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I mean, the obvious one, I think, that our chewers, our chew, uh, the obvious one that our listeners would probably choose is the extended tailbone. What? They think that's a truth L- or a lie? A lie. No, it's very true. Really? Yeah. You want to touch it? No. Come on. It'll turn you straight. Nope, Come on. I'm good. Touch it. Nope. I'm good. Touch a lady's butt bone. No. <laughs> it's. I'm touching it right now. It sticks out. Yeah, it sticks out. It's fun. It's like right above my butt. I'm going to say this. What? Has anybody ever come? Like, has ever anybody been? I have ex-boyfriends like it. They don't hate really? it. Really? They Well, first of all, my butt's so big, you can't see it or tell it. You got to go digging for it. So it is oh, kind of okay. like a fun little, you know. I'm it's gonna a say, secret bone. I'm going to say this. What? You sold their dramatic interpretation very well. Well, I actually was ranked fifth, not sixth. So that's why it was a lie. Fucking <laughs> 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 crush this game. <laughs> Three brags and a whatever. Is that what I, that's what I heard. Three brags. <laughs> And make them seem like truths and lies. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Karen Feehan. Three brags. No, Karen's a very successful podcaster and comedian. I want to quickly touch upon why you got into comedy. So what was the reason you decided to pursue comedy as a career? Um, so I went to Marymount Manhattan College and I got a degree in theater performance, acting, whatever. And I started just doing like off-Broadway stuff and I got cast in this play and the director asked us to do five minutes of a talent and he wanted it to pertain to our feet. And I was like, this guy's going to kill us. Like, this is a rapist. Like, whatever. But I was 19. I was like, we're getting like 20 bucks a night. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. I'll do whatever. I'll suck his foot. I don't care. But chicks were just doing it. Like, chicks were like, one girl like did tic-tac-toe with her feet. One girl stripped with her feet. I dumped out a big Corona bottle and I put a sheet on and I was like, it was like a toga. And I was like, toga, get it? foot toe anyway and then i pretended the beer thing was a microphone and i just did five minutes of stand-up that i had just written for that that had nothing to do with feet or toes or anything i talked about my flatulent grandfather that was one of my first jokes i was like uh, anybody else's grandfather offer them snacks quickly to cover up their farts <laughs> my grandfather would be like you guys want jello <laughs> <laughs> You want? And like that was I don't remember a lot of my other jokes, but I do remember that one. And the first night it was like when you get laughs at something you've written from someone who had been doing so much theater, like theater from acting. I mean, from high school all throughout college, reading all these scripts, doing script analysis, John Patrick Shanley, Meisner method, you know, just like really submerged and like acting, acting. Um and liking it and like being good at it, but always feeling a tinge of like jealousy for the writer. 
maybe without like knowing it always knowing that you were like a little bit like you were just a prop in a way you were subconsciously wishing that you could be doing both. Because I had done, I would competed in original oratory in high school too. And I really liked it. And the way that I wrote my speech, they were supposed to be uh, persuasive and informative. Yeah. But so there was like a lot of research behind them. But mine was funny and it was about death. And I had like a lot of like jokes in it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that like in the back of my head summer, I was always like, you can write, like you could do this. You could, you could just write stuff. You don't have to, you know, struggle to fit in a box and get cast in these plays. And I was never, I mean, I was like the callback queen. And I, you know, I, I worked with like this guy, Steven Tannenbaum, who I ended up making a film with. And now he has like another film that's crushing on the circuit right now. Blah, blah, blah. I'm in it. Go see it. It's called Straighten Up and Fly, fly Right. Straighten Up, Straighten and, up and Fly, fly right. right. It's crushing right now. Um, so anyway, that's the first time I did stand up and you, you the, like the reaction that I got. I was like, oh, this is the fucking drug. You know, it took me another 10 years to like quit drinking to realize it was the only drug I needed. Really? Well, I was just such I mean, I would be much farther along in my career if I hadn't been such a blackout drunk for the first 10 years of it, at least 10 years. And you're sober now. I'm yeah, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. And so that moment. So then, okay. so you did the five minutes on stage. Yeah. And then what was the next step? So I did it again the next night because it was a two run of the play. But right then, once I was like, oh, fuck, I could do this. I was like, I can do open mics. And I started doing open mics. I went to the Treehouse. I went to the Duplex. Um, what other open mics? I would go to Astoria. There's a Duplex open mic tonight, too. It, was, it used to be on Wednesdays, the ones I would do. It would it would be Michael Oh, my God. Maybe Michael it Brill is Wednesday. Show. Yeah. It's on Wednesdays. You're, you, you're awkward. Let's go. Yeah, you're right. You want to go? I'm ready to... I'd, I'd go. Let's go. We used to have to get there so early. This is when my drinking was so out of control. Because I would get there at 5 to sign up because I would want to go early. But sometimes I wouldn't leave. And they would, uh, like, BOGO booze. Buy one, get one. And I would just kill, like, a bottle of Pinot Grigio by myself before I even told a joke. Michael Brill's line used to be like, let's get Karen up early before she's too wasted. Fucking <laughs> perform. Because he and I had fun. We would go back and he's forth. He loved so me. so much fun. He's so much fun. He's so much fun. Yeah. We should do that open mic one night. But we the should thing, do it. The thing with like comedy and like networking when you're first starting, it's like you got to go to all this stuff. You got to yeah. go to all the open mics and you got to buy beer just to perform or like this and that. And so as somebody who was still very into drinking when I was in my 20s, I was like... People, I'm sure people would say this about me. They're probably like, Karen's funny. Like, you know, she's got something. Like, she's good. But she's wasted. Like, all the time she's drunk. Mm, interesting. You know? Interesting. And then, can I ask what made you quit? I mean, which time? Well, the final time. Mm. The final count. You know, you never know if it's going to be the final time, Oscar. Well. You hope and you pray and you do your best. It's an everyday struggle. Um, I used to like fall on my head a lot. This last time I was like doing shots of tequila before I was going to my writing job. Ooh. So that was like a wake up call. Like maybe we gotta get back on the wagon, Karen. But then you got sober. You had a support system. I did. Did you? Yeah. Did you have a good support system? Yeah. Did you, can I ask a question and you don't oh. have to answer it? Did you oh. find that being sober 
and then having to go back out and do comedy was hard because at a lot of times you did have to buy a drink or there was comedy in bars, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there were people that... You know, when I was, like, ready to stop drinking, there were already comics who, like, didn't drink, who were, yeah. like, talking to me. Like, people like Annie Letterman that would just be like, you don't need to drink, dude. Like, stop. Like, it's, it's, the life is better without it. Just stop. You know, it would be, like, quick little things. And I would be like, all right, Annie doesn't drink. And, like, she's cool and she's funny. Like, it's possible. It's mm-hmm. not impossible. So, yeah, there's plenty of comics who don't drink. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'll have, like, a glass of champagne. Yeah. Or if I had, like, if I'm at the stand... <clears throat> And I have, you know, I'm hosting two shows. At the end of the night, I'll be like, maybe I'll have a drink. Right. Just to kind of bring it down. Take the edge off so you can Take the bed. edge off yeah. so I can go to bed. But, you know, people are always like, do you want a drink? Do you want a shot? And I'm like, mm, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Thank you for sharing how you got into stand-up comedy. Yeah. That was kind of cool. I love the story. <sighs> We're going to do... A quick spin on the gay DHD wheel of Q&A as, so in, as an intermission. <gasps> All right, what do I do? Uh, just spin it, and we'll, then we'll ask a question. <laughs> God, Karen. <gasps> if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? This fucking new jam, this like swirly stuff that I've been into, you know, where they put the pretzels and the chocolate and the caramel all in one. I think it's a Ben and Jerry's flavor. Wh- Pretzels has pretzels. Anything with pretzels right now. Pretzels and chocolate. You're addicted to pretzels. Not pretzel, but like in ice cream. I love that salty. Sweet and salty. Yes. I love that. I love I love the Van Loon. Is that how you, you say like it? Van Loon? I like Van Loon. I like their um lavender ice cream mm-hmm. and their lychee. Or and they have like a green tea. <gasps> Do they have or, a lychee? Uh, Earl Grey. Earl Grey. Okay. Um, we're going to move on to the main topic of O Oscar podcast. Oh, good. And that is what? your first gay experience. Oh, so, right. Karen Fian, what like was your first like gay? <laughs> You've been done. Karen Fian, what was your first gay experience? Okay, I was in college. Duh. I have two. Okay. And because the first one's sort of like short. So the first girl, oh my God, no, I don't. I have like three. I'm sorry. Back it up. Freshman, eighth grade, eighth grade, freshman year, my best friend and I, Lindsay Anstat, um, started drinking together. And we were at a party one time and I went to private school and Lindsay and I had met at private school, but she left to go to public school. And we were at a public school kids party, just to be clear. And we probably had like a half a beer each and were wasted, <laughs> shit-faced. And the boys all dared us to make out with each other. And we did. We made out and they filmed it. And it was like, it went to, it went all over her high school. They were like chanting my name at like a talent show that she was on. It was like a legendary thing. So that was my first pseudo-gay experience. Second one. I'm in college. This girl's name was Lauren. I don't even remember her last name. And she and I just started getting wasted and hooking up, like making out at bars, at parties, all the time. Every time we saw each other, we knew we were going to do it. She starts dating a guy. And there was one night we were out at a bar and like we like got in a fight. <laughs> like me, her, and it's like I was just wasted and like wanted to make out with my girlfriend that I thought I had. <laughs> but she had a boyfriend. So like, we got in a fight and then we never like made out or did anything again. Wow. Yeah. Third one, I used to bartend with this girl, Caitlin, 
and we would get wasted and like make out and kiss for like the customers and then one night we were just like hanging out and like we just kept making out throughout the whole night and then we get back and we're in our bed and we're just making out with each other like nobody's around nobody's watching now it's like actual like gay and we like were kind of like went down to like play with each other's like vaginas and then we both just like started laughing and we're like why are we doing this nobody's watching us and then we fell asleep interesting yeah so i'm performative gay you're performative (laughs) (laughs) well i'm gay for pay for sure (laughs) she's really she's really selling us on that theater on that interpretive dramatic interpretation she was like i was in theater i'm gonna do my dramatic interpretation of gay making out with a woman of gay um but let me ask you something though in those instances especially the latter two yeah has that ever opened up kind of like a nuance for you to question your identity in a way that it would be open to something further than the opposite sex i mean like yes and no like yes in the sense that I, I, I've always found women to be the more attractive, like aesthetically, subjectively, in like my opinion, sex. Like if you ask me, like if I want to look at a picture of like a fucking like crazy beautiful woman or like a crazy hot guy, I probably still want to look at the woman, even though I'm attracted to the guy. Right. So as far as like appreciation and stuff like that, but like... I have been hit on a lot by lesbians, hot ones, fucking hot ones. And it doesn't turn me on. It doesn't like do anything. It doesn't excite me. Okay. I have like an aversion to it. Okay. But I'd like to nip it in the bud quickly too. Like if there's ever like a like girl that's like actually interested in me, I'm like, like, thank you so much. I'm really flattered. But like, I'm straight. Okay. Do you yeah. ever, when you were younger though, yeah, and let's say for instance after that third time, when you were with your friend and you were making out, yeah, what do you think led you to continue the enjoyment of being with I that girl? I think it was girl? just like a warm body and a lot of booze. Do you think alcohol, though? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I think this is something that can... I think this is something for further discussion. Do you think that alcohol sometimes enables people... Enables people's underlining... Underlying, like, you mean, like, the inhibitions go away? And yeah. you're like, yeah, Does of course, t- sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think like it definitely is going to open you up to experimenting and like, you know, seeing where things go. But I think, you know, the next day when you're sober and the lights come up, I think you probably know what you want. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like, oh, my God. Like the next day I wasn't like I was like probably like texting some guy that I was like seeing. Yeah. You know, so you don't really think it was. I hope that's not too forward or too deep to ask. No. I always like to ask people because I'm like, you know, there was a point where some people are like, yeah, I guess you could say that or no. You know, so it's always interesting to find the dynamic of the situation. And, you know, I've had very, very close friendships, very vulnerable friendships with women um, over the years. And so it's not about not being open to it. It's just about, you know. 
I think your like physiology and your chemistry and like what really is going to work for you. All right. We're going to move on to the last segment and that is disappointed. Disappointed. Which I feel like you're very well versed in this. You where you been, get to share. You think I've been disappointed a lot? Oh God, yeah. I, you get to share a wild and crazy hookup story. Mm-hmm. So, Karen Fian, do you have a disappointed story? Um, I also uh, had sex on a cop car. Oh. Like nobody was in it. It wasn't even. I think it was like probably the afternoon. Just a. We just, fucked on the, we just fucked on the hood for a minute just to kind of like say we did. Was it a police officer? No. Oh, so it was just a random person. Well, it was my boyfriend at the time. Okay, so it was a boyfriend. Uh-huh. And you were walking by a police car and you were like, like yeah, let's do it. And Number you fucked one. on it? Yep. Not to completion or anything, but. Was he hard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was, he was always hard. That guy was always hard. Duh. We had sex like um, in public in one of those uh, video game things. Arcades? Like like there was like a curtain. Yeah, but it was just like one game. It was at, like a hotel or something. And, or I don't know where we were. Like a movie theater? And yeah, I just sat on his lap. <laughs> and we had sex like that. Have you ever had... Had sex indoors? <laughs> <laughs> had sex in a home? <laughs> on sheets? On clean sheets? <laughs> Have you ever fucked in the sky? No, I've given head though. Oh, boyfriend? Yeah. And I got fingered once in an airplane when I was in eighth grade going to a speech and debate tournament. My mom was on the flight. Oh my God. God, uh. humiliating for her. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. I've had sex on an airplane. Yeah? Yeah. How was that? It was great. Yeah? Well, how? In the bathroom? No. So I was on a flight coming back from Oslo to New York. And the flight attendants were walking by, getting ready to get on the airplane. And one of them kept staring at me, this guy. And so I was looking at him and he was looking at me. And we kind of just started winking at each other. Then we get on the plane. I'm sitting in economy. I was like, oh, maybe he's going to move me up to business. He did not. I was like, oh, maybe he's going to give me free liquor. He did not. I was like, oh, maybe like I'm going to get like an extra dinner. He did not. He brought me a pillow. Uh, that was the extent of it. And then during the flight, it was still kind of like a night flight. And so this passenger started having a heart attack. On the plane. Oh, my God. And they, I was sitting near one of the forward galleys. Okay. And the flight attendants took the passenger, and there was, like, screaming and this and that, yeah. into the galley. All the passengers, a few people that they called to see if they could help, were standing in the galley. The flight attendant taps me on the shoulder, tells me to go back. Follow him. So I follow him all the way to the back gallery. <gasps> all the way to the back. And I, we start making out. I pull down his pants. <gasps> and we go at it. And we... It wasn't till completion, but we were doing a lot. Let's just say that. <laughs> we were doing a lot up in the sky. 
and while someone was having a heart attack. Well, the only reason we could do it is because someone was having a heart attack. The distraction. It was the distraction. Did they survive that person? Did they die? Uh, I think you should so. know. You so. should know the answer to that right away. <laughs> I don't know. I survived. I don't. Honestly, I don't. Because they kept you the person in the galley. Sick, horny, gay. This is what they're talking about. You sinful man. Someone's dying and you just have to go have a homoerotic experience. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Gays <laughs> are sinners. We, I did a gay cruise from L.A. to Mexico. Yeah. And we literally sailed through a hurricane. Through a hurricane. The waves were like crashing up into the boat and everything. You loved it. Now, if this were a straight cruise, everybody would have been inside. Yeah. Everybody would have been in their cabin. Oh, no. Praying. You guys were like, Gays. it's rain and rain. We're gay guys. We don't fucking Gays. care. We're it's literally on the back deck dancing to naked. a remix. But fucking of Whitney Houston. <laughs> Which Whitney Houston Whitney Houston I want to dance with somebody I want to dance with somebody I want to feel the heat with somebody oh, I want to dance with somebody can I ask you something somebody who loves me say you want to dance don't you want to dance say you want to dance Ugh. Say you want to dance. Don't you want to dance? <laughs> Did you ever do musical uh, theater? Of course. I was Ziegfeld's favorite. <laughs> in Ziegfeld's Follies, I was Bianca and Kiss Me Kate. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry. Any Tom, Harry, or Dick, Dick, Dick. A Dick, a Dick, Dick, Dick. Kiss All me, right. Kiss Me Kate, Oscar. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between. I might be a little off. I might not be in the right key. Let me try again. No. Ooh, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> right? Hey, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> I want to dance somebody. With well, somebody on that note, somebody Karen Fian, where can people see you? Where can people find you? Oh, well, your audience is probably going to want to subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Eminem sixty nine sixty nine. Is subscribe to my YouTube channel, Karen Feehan. My podcast is up there, a new episode every week. My uh, cartoon, Karen Sucks. And you can check out my stand-up clips. Follow me on Instagram. At September 11th, I'm headlining Chicago. Zanies, come out. Please buy tickets. What a special night for a special girl. Not to Bob. Ooh, I love that. Thanks. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Oscar. I really appreciate it. Where can the people find you? Oh, God. I love how she just threw the microphone down. She's like, I'm done. She's like, I'm done. I'm going. All right. (laughs) That is it. That's it. Signing off. All right. Signing off. Goodbye. Goodbye.